Hello, this is Craig Camp, and welcome to Truant Talk, where we dig deeply into Demeter Biodynamic and Regenerative Organic Certified Wine Growing and Farming at Truant Vineyard in Oregon's Applegate Valley. This is meant to be a podcast for those that aspire to, as the Regenerative Organic Alliance says, farm like the world depends on it. These interviews will be focused on our work here at Truant Vineyard, but will also include the work of other farmers committed to regenerative agriculture. And now for today's interview. Hello, this is Craig Camp, and welcome to this special edition of Truant Talk, where we dig deeply into biodynamic regenerative agriculture at Truant Vineyard in Oregon's Applegate Valley. In this episode, we are sharing the audio portion of our new video with winemaker Nate Wall and assistant winemaker Hannah Thorning about the complex process of installing no-blow concrete tanks at the winery this month and how we plan to add them to our palette of winemaking choices. If you would like to watch the video, you can find the link in our show notes. We believe you will find this process fascinating as we prepare to make wines in these new vessels this vintage. Hi there, this is Nate. And this is Hannah. And we are excited to talk to you about our new concrete vessels that we have just recently acquired at Troon. So um, I guess we actually received our first concrete vessel last year. It was a 7 hectoliter concrete egg. So that's about 180 gallons of wine, um, about this equivalence of about three barrels of wine. And that was delivered in the fall of 2022. So just in time for us to use that last year. But, um, but these new vessels just arrived here in early August 2023. And um, that's what we're really excited to put into production this year. Uh, so this year we got one 13 hectoliter dolium, which is about 343 gallons, about five and a half-ish barrels there. And then we got four 30 hectoliter rectangular burgundy tanks. These have sloped bottoms and doors, so we are going to be able to ferment um, red wines with skins and whole cluster stems in there and then in addition they have lids so we are able to age in them throughout the year and hannah what is adolia or adolium i guess i should say <laughs> adolium many dolia are similar to a georgian creverie um, they are a kind of inverted egg shape so they have their large bulb up at the top and then they narrow down to a pretty skinny point at the bottom um, that allows them to settle out pretty well, and so you still get that skin con or the you still get the leaves contact with the juice um, and the concrete impact, but you don't get the same kind of stirring of the leaves as you do in the concrete egg. Cool. So um, I guess I wanted to talk a little bit about like why why we chose the tanks we did. Um, so. The, the tanks that we got are from Namblot, uh, which is a, a company in France. They're located just outside of Paris now, um, and they have a very long history with working with concrete. The company 
was started in 1922. Um, and what really drew us to using the non-blow vessels as opposed to some of the other options um, that are available is that non-blow has been doing it for so long um, that they still do it in the same way. They make their concrete in the same way that they made it in 1922. So it's still basically pure concrete. Um, yeah, there's like rebar inside of it for like strength, but they don't have any polymers or additives um, to their concrete. So um, that's unfortunately that makes them both a little softer and a little heavier um, than like quote modern concrete and that's why unloading them and getting them into place is so complicated but um, that that purity um, they it's also you know they're more like elemental right it's just the, the pure concrete um, the rock um, and they and that also allows them to breathe so some some other concrete uh, makers who use these um, like plasticizers or not plasticizers but hardeners or um, other types of additives which allows them to make a, a lighter stronger concrete but that also makes it a lot less pervious um, and those vessels cannot breathe uh, in the and ha allow for the gas exchange in the same way as um, as the non-blow vessels so uh, we decided to, um, to to go with the non-blow just the proven track record and kind of that that purity behind their construction. So we wanted to bring concrete into Troon because we really believe in the purity of fruit coming in from our vineyard, having the truest expression of what we are achieving in the vineyard with our biodynamic and regenerative organic farming practices, bringing all of that beautiful fruit into the cellar and just letting it speak in the way it wants to. So we already use neutral oak in our wines to highlight what we're doing out there. Um, but that's still, you still have some oak influence from that. And as we can see in our wines, even with our very mature neutral oak that we use, we can still get some of that oak influence. And so concrete is truly flavor neutral and will allow that purity of fruit to come through. Yeah, and so... What's, and what's also interesting about concrete is while being flavor neutral, um, it's, it's not like texture neutral. So like, um, I think what's so intriguing about the use of concrete and winemaking is that um, it's, it definitely doesn't add anything to a wine that it didn't already have. So, um, you know, with oak, you're, you're adding fundamentally different flavors, um, different compounds that come from the oak um, you know, the oak tree, the, uh, the, the wood itself are being added as basically a flavorant, you know, into wines. And we like those flavors, right? Or many people do. Um, but, um, but that is coming from outside the grape. So what, what the concrete then allows is like Hannah was saying that, that purity of fruit, but then, um, it does allow for, um, a lot of these, um, different reasons. It allows for, um, uh, like a, a modification of the, of the texture of that wine. So, the um, the porosity that I was just talking about one of the reasons we went with Nambolo, um is uh, allowing that gas exchange that is going to help with softening the tannins um, and really um, in the same way I guess Nambolo feels that the concrete has about the same porosity as our neutral oak barrels so we'll still see that um, slow and steady influx of oxygen which helps to Kind of soften the tannins as they age in that vessel um, and then um, you get this this textural element um, that seems to come from um, concrete vessels is just 
this kind of breadth um, and weight, um, particularly in, in the mid palate of wines, um, just seems to add this, this nice um, texture element there. Another benefit of concrete is how heavy it is, how thick the walls are, and how much concrete there is between the wine and the environment outside. So we get these incredibly cool, long ferments, and that's exactly what we like here at Troon. We like these long, slow ferments that allow us to do a really slow extraction of flavors, colors, tannins from the wine, and the concrete is just going to help do that. Yeah, so in many ways, concrete is kind of like the opposite of a stainless steel tank. You know, you go into wineries and like the kind of common image nowadays is, you know, these this bank of, of shiny stainless steel tanks. Um, and they're useful for sure. Uh, we use stainless steel tanks for our blending um, when we blend the wines right before bottling. But um, stainless has great thermal properties if you want to control the temperature like uh, if you want to heat something up or cool it down you know metal um, heats up and cools down very quickly but concrete is is the opposite of that so it's you know that slow to heat up maintains that heat for a longer time like hannah was saying but then this also holds true for aging so um when we are aging wine in those concrete vessels um you know, the cellar temperature can fluctuate a couple of degrees, certainly, um, throughout the day. Or um, if you have to, you know, have one of the cellar doors open for a while, if you're moving barrels around or something, you know, the temperature can change a little bit. But these these concrete um, vessels are just so thick, like that's such a slow, slow movement there that, you know, their, their temperature like won't relieve and budge. So um, even long-term aging, that's going to be a very stable uh, temperature environment for that wine to age in as well. It's going to be really fun having so many different kind of shapes of concrete tanks in our cellar now. You know, we started off with the egg, and that really kind of causes a convection in the juice in there, keeping all of those leaves really suspended up in that wine and really adding to the textural depth of that wine. Um, but now we're going to have the dolium, and that's going to just completely change, you know, that cycle of, of sediment in there and kind of how the wine is interacting with those lees. We're going to have these rectangular tanks that are going to be fermented and aged in and will kind of, again, add a different aspect to some of our wines there. So it's going to be a really fun year getting to play around with all of these new tanks and new fruit. Yeah, and uh, just to really emphasize that point, what we're really excited about those uh, those concrete rectangular um, vessels is that it's kind of hard to see from some of the images, but there's a, a large stainless steel you know, a door on top that can be lifted and removed. And that does allow us to load the grapes right into those tanks. Um, and so we will be using these as a mostly open top uh, fermenter. You know, we'll, we'll remove that um, to allow us to, you know, get in there. We can still foot tread the grapes in there um, and, and do uh, uh, punch downs or perhaps pump overs um, on those vessels. So the fermentations will be able to take place. Red fermentations will be able to take place in there. And then there's a bottom door that you can then, uh, remove the, the, the grapes, uh, when the fermentation's over and, and load them into the press. So, um, really excited that we get to use those vessels for both the fermentation. And then once the wine is pressed off, it can go back into those tanks, um, and get, sealed back up to, to age. So um, very, very versatile uh, to be able to use those those tanks all year. So um, 
We've talked a little bit about some of the properties of concrete, um, in particular, the fact that they're heavy. Um, these tanks, as you can see, are big, um, and they're also breakable. Uh, so that is why there is a lot of steps to get them from Namblo into the winery at Troon. Um, this all starts in, in France as those vessels are loaded onto a container, on a container ship. Um, we, we actually, the, the configuration of tanks we bought uh, was uh, enough um, both size and shape-wise to completely fill one shipping container. So um, that in some ways influenced our um, uh, decisions a little bit. Like uh, we, were, we knew we wanted to buy those, those concrete uh, rectangles and then we had just enough space to also um, add uh, that dolium tank in there. So that, that was our weight re re requirement and that was our size requirement. So there you go. Um, one full shipping container of concrete vessels uh, bound for the U.S. And uh, so once it arrives uh, at the port, uh, Port of Oakland, California, um, it gets unloaded by crane and, and both obviously from the vessel, but then also from the individual shipping container. Uh, they used a crane to be to lift those out of the container and put them onto a flatbed trailer. And it's that flatbed trailer that then rolls up at Troon for delivery. You know, as you can see, uh, we are not using a, uh, a standard forklift here. Um, I'll let Hannah talk about that because she got the fun duty of driving and, and this nervy process of driving and unloading them. Yeah, so our... Forklifts that we have here at the winery can hold about half of one of these concrete tanks, and that was not going to be nearly enough to get them off. So we got this very fun, very large, very scary telehandler that we used to pull them off of the truck. It was a pretty slow process as we're out in the Applegate Valley here, and we don't really have a nice wide entrance to our winery. So we have to unload a lot of things from the street and that included these concrete tanks. So they got to have a nice little drive down our gravel road um, before- and these are 9,000 9, pound tanks. Pounds yeah, tanks. and this is a 10,000 pound telehandler. So even, even with the size of that piece of equipment, we're still like barely within limits. Though. Yeah, you could, you could really feel the, the load shifting from side to side as we picked it up and took it down. Um, so when we got all of the concrete tanks unloaded off of the truck and into our crush pad, we realized that the telehandler was not going to be fitting through the front door of our winery. And so we worked with some local places and got a nice warehouse forklift that was going to make it a lot easier to get those through the door and kind of maneuvered into place with the precision that we needed to get them placed on this concrete ledge where they'll be living for a very long time. Forever. Generations, decades, <laughs> much longer than any of us. Yeah, and even with this, uh, this kind of you know, large capacity warehouse forklift, um, driving those tanks in, there was still about maybe two inches um, to spare on each side of the tank as it went through the door. So um, yeah, that was uh, that was exciting as well, um, getting it through that that door. And then yeah, then you place you know nine thousand some odd pounds down on um, some some four by fours so that you can then spin the forklift around and come in from the other side um, to be able to place them. Um, finally onto that concrete uh, concrete platform that we have there, the elevated platform. And uh, you, you end up 
you know, now, now you've got this thing flat on the forks and you can't just set it down. It's because the forks are in the way. You need to be able to, you know, set it down and drive back out. So you end up creating this weird little lever of like putting some wood in the middle so you can kind of set it down at an angle and pull out a little ways and then kind of like set the back down and then like use the forklift almost as a small crane to lift from the top like uh, of the of the vessel there's some um, some lugs up there that you can use uh, lifting chains and lift the, the, the vessel up so you can pull those blocks out and then gently set it back down and you know trying to do all that without all very slow movements as I said one of the disadvantages of the, the non-below concrete is that it's fairly soft so if you set it down a little too hard or you know if it bumped the one next to it you're you're definitely gonna make a small dent um, mostly aesthetic because these things are are thick they're multiple inches thick but still you want your tank to look nice and pretty in the winery and like all vessels at Troons, we we abandoned the tank one tank two tank 13 tank 14 naming system a while ago and we embrace uh Tolkien Lord of the Rings characters and so what better names to choose for concrete vessels than the names of many of the dwarves so we already have a lot of the humans and wizards and elves and hobbits but the dwarves we, we knew we were we were waiting for the concrete for the dwarves so um, now we have uh, Durin and Balin and Thorin and Gimli um, they're uh, ready and waiting for harvest of 2023. We are happy to share this podcast from Troon Vineyard, a Demeter biodynamic and regenerative organic certified winery in Oregon's Applegate Valley. We farm like the world depends on it, by growing produce in our gardens and naturally crafting authentic wines. We will be sharing these in-depth podcasts several times a month. To learn more, I encourage you to visit our website at trunevineyard.com and those of the Regenerative Organic Alliance at regenorganic.org and Demeter Biodynamics at demeter-usa.org. Thanks for sharing our voyage to regenerative agriculture with us.